0: this podcast is brought to you by touch
1: a life hi welcome to business influencers hope everyone is having a great week again welcome to business influencers if you are new here you found us here at Tal radio also we can be listened to on spotify apple as well as youtube the video portion of our show each and every week and again this show would not be where it is today if it wasn't for you the listeners joining us each and every week to make this show what it is today. We are committed to your personal success to help raise your level of influence to the next level. And it's through influence that you can make a greater impact in the industry that you serve and the people, most importantly, the people that you touch. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to helping alumni come together to rekindle old relationships and perhaps meet new people for the first time. It is a membership-based program, meaning that it takes all the noise out of social media and provides a wide array of different services not available to the general public. So you'll be able to tap into things that can help you in your business as well as your personal life. If you'd like more information on how you can now reconnect with people that you went to school with, perhaps other people in a more genuine, authentic way, feel free to check out Alumni Direct at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show again for you today. We are actually bringing somebody back for a second go around. Yes, he was with us a little while back. That is Vitaly Gaiman. And if you remember, we were talking about living organizations and, you know, how do we create living organizations? And today we're going to be expanding on that, that you're going to learn about the secret source to strategy execution success. Vitaly is a strategy execution consultant. His work involves liberating CEOs from being the only ones who can make high level decisions, freeing up their time to be more strategic and creative. He helps create high performing executive teams that leads highly entrepreneurial, customer inspired living organizations. And without further ado, we welcome back Vitaly Gaiman to the show. Vitaly, how are you doing today?
0: Good to be back, Chris. It's uh, we had
1: really fun last time, so I couldn't wait till this time. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, round two, here we go. You know, you had talked about in the first show, you know, and I'm sure people have, you know, that are listening have, you know, have listened to that show and watched it on YouTube. And we talked about creating, you know, living organizations. Let's talk about, you know, this secret source to strategy execution success. How do we now put it into motion and execute it so that those
0: organizations are moving forward? Beautiful, yes. Um, as an executive myself, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about this and a lot of time being pressured by the board and the directors to execute, right? So what I found is this, the reason for my existence as an executive, it doesn't matter what level of organization where you see or you're a department head or even if you're a team leader, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be executive. You could be uh, a manager is to produce certain results that hire you to produce results. Now, how you produce results that's a different matter and we often get stuck about the how the how and we forget that my neck this 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 beautiful neck that I have <laughs> is on the line if results are not there I, I mean sometimes it's within three months I'm out of there right so uh, it was that cutthroat. Particularly, I was in telecommunication, communication it was de- deregulated and my quarterly results were scrutinized uh, by everybody not you know just by direct boss by the board by my peers everyone So when we talk about creating high performance, it's not just nice, you know, high performance in terms of human resource management. It's like, oh, where are your profit margins? What's your cash flow? What's your market penetration? Where are your new products, you know? So these are the measurements of high performance by the board and, and, and damn it, where are my returns? I've invested a lot of money. I want a certain return. How long am I going to wait for it, right? So this is the kind of pressure that executives are finding themselves. Uh, and while I'm all about, you know, creating sustainable returns, sustainable companies, I also understand that most CEOs need to create very different results and sooner than later, that's the problem. Usually we talk about it like, uh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe we're going in the right direction, but it's taking us years. We don't have years today because the market is forcing us to to be much more much quicker much more respond much quicker to the to the environment and those organizations that can respond quickly they 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 very slowly die off literally 50 yeah. percent of organizations have been dying you know as organizations so so sorry to take that long journey but i wanted to emphasize that this is all about business results because sometimes a lot of people interpret me as um kind of a softy guy right now the, the, the secret sauce, I'm going to get straight to the secret sauce, is the soft stuff and that's why it's, it's so contradictory, right? It's, it's not the soft stuff, it's integrating the soft stuff into the hard stuff, right? So yeah. what I just, just talked to you about is the hard stuff, your know, urban cash flow, cost reduction, new market opportunities, penetration, um, business model, a much more aggressive, much more digitally based business model that can that can bypass uh whatever inefficiencies distributors disrupt the whole industry right i work with amazon and others we we absolutely decimated businesses nice businesses that are nice to people because we had a a much more aggressive business model right 24 hours we deliver it at at, at a brand with a phenomenal cost we're done right so how do businesses compete right with with such you know gorillas who are now extremely effective at the, what they do and how do they create the performance given they don't have that much time if you if you don't do this if you don't disrupt yourself somebody will disrupt you very you know and industries like manufacturing like printing like the old industry like banking they're getting disrupted left or right and center right, right. so th- that's the premise now how do we do it okay the first question i ask to ceos is, is like where do you want to go do you have a very clear vision of where do you want to go? What is the future, ideal future looks like? Can you quantify it? Can you qualify it? Can you write an article how it feels to be already there? So you position yourself of where you want to go. What does that feel like, right? What do you need to change in the company? What kind of performance exactly are you looking for in terms of sales, cash flow, urban, new product development, innovation? To, you know, culture change, whatever you like, give me a whole scorecard. What is your scorecard for this? How is this performance going to be measured right now? A lot of the times I get these vague answers, uh, like, which is quite, quite common. <laughs> yeah, we just we're just going to be the best number one in the industry. I go, what does that what mean? Does that mean? <laughs> right, right. What does that mean? You know, oh, you know, we just need to improve, really improve sales. I go by how much, right? Uh, 30%, 100%, 1,000%, right? Is, is it the revenue top line that you want to improve or do you want to improve the profit margins? W- which one? It's a very different strategy altogether. Right? Uh, is it cash flow that's the problem? The fact that, you, that you're that getting sporadic cash flow, you know, getting the flow, you know, you, so you, you keep going up and down. Are you the kind of organization that hires a whole bunch of people like for a project and then the project is gone and then the people are sitting there and you're still paying them? Is that a problem that you that you top-heavy on the people's side? What do you want to change about your business model, right? How does your business model looks in five years time? Now, those questions are uh, very few CEOs can answer, or, or maybe it's the CEOs can. Okay, actually, to be honest, a lot of CEOs can, but the executives, they can't agree on what, what, what are those measurements. So, so the first thing we need to do is agree as a team, as an executive team, where the hell are we going, right? And how are we going to measure it? Quantify them, right? So not just the corporate objectives, but the actual scorecard a balance scorecard literally right the second question i asked them where, where are you now compared to that so you know and they go oh we're doing fantastic go, okay, what do minute. That's not an answer or like if your sales, if you want to double your sales, what are your sales now? If you want to double your profit margin, what are your profit margin now? If you want to add 10 new products, how many products are you adding now per year? Because if you want to add 10 new products and you only have one product for the, for the last 30 years, come on, like you want a 10 X and okay. So I want you to understand what, what is it? Where are you now? So for real, not, not, not the high, but for real. So we can see where the gap is. Right? Because once we, we understand that, we go, oh, I get it. For the last 10 years, you only really had one major product line. And now you want five other product lines. And it takes you five years to produce a product line. That's not, is it realistic? You know, so we can argue about it and so on, right? So, so we need to have that conversation. Is where are you now? And, and are your corporate objective realistic given your current capability and your past history of performance? right so if you want to be an amazon overnight and you don't and and you still haven't figured out how to use this digital button that's not going to happen right exactly right so that's over ambitious um and we need to have the conversation as a joint as a unit as an executive unit and we we need to have all these voices that go and they need to be not ostracized for having radical uh, disagreements right so so that's the first thing is that we have this we say all voices are open guys don't worry i want i'm on fire if you think the boss is crazy and you and, and you're way or the setting goals that's not realistic right because what's happening right now and i speak to a lot of ceos top ceos right i asked them, how did you go this year he goes oh it was dismal i'm not going to get my bonus why because the finance department set this unrealistic goals that nobody could achieve and we all try to. Of course, it was it was already set up from 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 the start, and and now we we we're, we're all rolling backwards. I go, but wait a minute, who does the finance department work for? Well, they work for another. Well, they work for headquarters. They don't work for us, right? right. So why are they setting those unrealistic? Because they don't care. The, the, the better goals they set, the better they look. But it's not. But nothing to do with reality, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going, this is insane, like, you guys are like, <laughs> you're working for the same company. He goes, yeah, we kind of work for the same, they work for headquarters, they don't work for us. Yeah. You see what's happening, we're literally setting up sub- the secret source, first of all, is, yes, to understand where we're going and do it together. Together, that we the finance department is working for you, for you as a business unit, not for the headquarters, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's often the problem because as companies grow, they start being siloed. They start have these weird structures. Well, right?
1: that's the thing. They be, as they get larger, they become siloed. And and then the communication is just siloed in those areas. And it's not getting from one silo to another and and further, you know, causes issues. They don't
0: know who they're working for. That's yeah. the problem. So we already described. We knew we, clearly where we, we know where we're going, where we are now. There the, are the other things I want to know is, who do you serve? Who do you serve as, as uh, for every department, right? And the answer is very simple. You serve your customer, right? It could be an internal customer. So if the finance department, they don't speak to income, but their customer is the business unit, right? Yes. Not the boss, not the CEO, the chairman or whatever, right? They serve the business units. If the financial objectives are not in alignment with the business unit, then they're driving them crazy. They're setting unrealistic expectation for them, to, and they and they will fail. And that's one of the reasons why strategy is the next. Because we don't have alignment. We we're not understanding each other, right? So let's say so now I get alignment. I go, guys, you know we need to talk to each other. You need to understand who who's the customer. Um, and the same thing for the business unit, who are the customers? So these are the 10 corporates, these are the 10 corporations, and then there's the whole bunch of small businesses. Great, And but there could be another customer. Who are their customers? So sometimes we need to serve not just there, but you know, if it's a B2B, they also have customers, and we need to worry about all the way down the chain, Of right? Yeah. So that's another discussion we have. So now we know who we serve and why we serve, why we do it. Now, the, the critical part is the second question is, okay, now we know who we serve, where we're going, where we are now, we very understand the gap, here is where the real problems start, start to begin, right? Very often say, okay, well, I know what to do now, right? I know what to do now. Uh, right now our sales are X, we need to double the sales um, and we know who the customers are. We just need more customers. That's simple, you know? Just get more customers, more revenue, You know, um, I go, okay, that's one way of doing it, but what if you keep the same customers and grow a number of products? Okay, maybe that's another one. What if you don't, what what if you just improve your profit margin by adding value added services to your existing products? Okay, that's another one. What if you change your whole business model from having one-off projects, which basically go boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust, right? To having a subscription services that continuously provide you with cash flow. This, that's also a way of growth, right? Have you thought about all these alternatives? Yeah, okay, well, I guess now we're back to square one again. Now, there's many ways to grow, right? So, we have that discussion, Yeah. You know, which one is, you know, and maybe... You know, so, you see how it's not, it's not always just what it seems at the start, right? Exactly. Even object, yeah, I keep questioning him, you know, keep good question. So, Assume now we agreed on the the business model, how we're going to grow and so on, everybody's not now, first of all, now we have more alignment because we have a broader knowledge of what we're doing, right? We have a deeper understanding of uh, who we're dealing with. Then the question I ask, them: okay, now you've chosen your your particular strategies, we're going to grow a a number of products, we're going to add more products and at the same time, we're going to add more, a few more customers you know, big corporate customers, not the small ones. We know which ones we know. We really precisely know what we're doing. Fine, great. Uh, then the question is, do what resources do you have to do this? Do you need more resources? And I go, yeah, we will hire a couple of sales guys and a couple of product development guys. We'll be good. I go, Okay, all right, so it's just a product developer, you don't need anything else. I okay. go. Okay. And the typical conversation I have with them is like, uh, can you afford the sales guys, the, the top sales guys? Oh no, we can't afford the top sales guys. Can you afford the product, I mean particularly if it's a small organization, can you afford another three product development managers at, at $450,000 each? What? $450,000? No, <laughs> I go, yeah, a good product developer, a good sales guy, half a million dollars plus commissions, you know. He goes, no, we, well, we're a small, medium-sized guy. What are you talking about? I go, yeah, wake up, reality, you know. So what are you gonna do? How are you gonna hire these people? You have no brand, you're not IBM or Google or so on. How are you gonna get them? So I question them on their strategy, right? I go, huh, they go, do you mean I can't afford one? I go, no, you can't afford one. Well, you tell me, right? So, so now that the, now we have a strategy that's unsustainable, right? In in reality, in, in reality, when we actually on Monday we're going to start hiring people, we can't afford them. Mm. Not, even if we could afford them, right? They don't want us these days. It's really hard to hire top people because they want they want brand name, they want flexi hours, they want to work from home, they want, they want to work only part time, right? The top guys, right? Because they, they know their value, right? This day exactly, yeah. So, so now we have a problem We we said, Jesus, you know, even if we wanted to implement this strategy, we can't because we kind of, not only we kind of, even if we could afford, we can't find them, So I go wake up reality. This is the secret sauce. Maybe we need to think about how we become more attractive as a company to talk performers so that that we do attract, we do attract those types of talent, that talent. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a different conversation. They go, they go, okay, well, how do we do that? We're a small company. I go well. May, have you thought about or having really tr- attractive work culture? Re- really, I mean, I said, have you have you thought about why people don't are not attracted to you? Have you surveyed the people who, why they're not attracted, or, or or why those who are left? Why did they leave? Did, did you really doing accident? And the three answers are McKinsey survey of two three thousand or I can thousands of people. I don't like the boss. The boss sucks so really. it's, a, it's oh, always yeah. that that's not always number one <laughs> yeah i mean it's not either he's really an asshole, i really hate him uh or he's just like doesn't do anything for me he's just like he doesn't help me in any way right the second one is i just don't see a career progression here right where do i go here it's a smaller company or even the intermediate and there's a, somebody on the top of me and there's no way to do nothing to do there's nothing to do in this company I'm, I'm a young kid or whatever i'm a 30 year forty. I don't see a future for me here. Yeah. Right. That's a huge, right? And the third one, I just don't belong here. It just does feel my company. It's not my home. And the people these people around me, they don't think like I do. Right? No and nobody cares about nobody. They kind of everybody's going corporate objective, corporate objective, but nobody really cares about anything, right? Go, going, to go into the motions. Yeah, exactly. So there's so there are three reasons. I said it's a secret source. This is part of the secret source. The secret source has many components in it, right? It's a good source. It's not just one thing. It has many things. That's why it's the secret that's hard to break, right? So the clarity of purpose, clarity of vision, understanding realistically where you're now, scorecard, right? And then, you know, how do we attract people? How do we retain people? If you didn't lose them, you won't have to attract them half of the time right so wh- why are they leaving because no future they don't like the boss and it don't belong there right so now we need to address those issues um, These are is serious issues then here comes the probably the biggest one. I usually ask myself a question listen these are very intelligent people this these CEOs are not they understand all this like when, when I speak to them about it they go oh, of course I know everything everything you said I already know you have given told me nothing new I go then why am I to address these issues? You, you, you had, I mean, over over twenty years, I say, you've been running a company. You had plenty of time to to develop to develop a culture that will attract people to really understand, you know, to do all of these things, right? Yeah. Uh, what ha- What's happening? And this is what I concluded, right? Even though they, we have good-hearted CEOs who really love people and uh, the, and they love the customers, and in general, we have really great CEO overall, right? they approach the organization from a point that of, of a machine they they still think like they're optimizing a machine right and, and i'll explain i explain you what i mean right so i'm an engineer and and when i used to run organizations i said oh i know how to get best performance i will look at the system every part of the system and optimize it you know I'll tighter sales um, better operation more communication here i'll put a crm here i'll put a I'll put a ERP system here, I'll have better data flow. And this are all important, actually, critically important elements, right? You know, better data flow, everybody understands how, how to make decisions, but now this is the basics. It used to be that this was like, oh my God, we're, we're creating data-based organization decision-making. This is what Amazon eats for breakfast. I mean, this is how they were, I was born on that. Right. Nope. On that, it, was, it presumes you already have all the data, AI algorithms, anal- analytics, business analytics to wazoo. You analyze everything, you make decisions on numbers, and so on. You're not going to compete on them on that. This is, you have no chance. This is like you just have to catch up. Right? That's not a competitive advantage anymore. It's a must. Yep. Okay. And they go, oh, geez, that's going to take us five years to get to that must. Right? I go, yep. Okay. So that's a must, guys. You you just you just go, got to do it. I said, they say what so what else is then what is the competitive advantage we have the answer chris why don't you tell me what's the competitive advantage we have personally well, i mean company. the competitive i mean it, i it
1: could be wrong in the term, but it's always going to be the people i mean people you got systems and processes but it, which are going to you know be tools and resources to move things along but if but if your people are not developed in 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 the communication along with it then you're just
0: going through the, you know it's just managing the problem as, as always yeah, so you absolutely you're correct, you're on the right track. Here is a, if you're managing a machine, you don't think of people as people. I mean, how can you think of, they're just a cog in the wheel and you program it and you get their skills right and their boxes right for them to work in. You know, your operation manager, you do these roles responsibilities, you put them in there, production lines is, is off, right? Switch on the production line and they're all gonna do their own thing. Good luck. First of all, they, that doesn't work that way. You know, they, they just don't, right? if you you can't program people <laughs> yeah. they are not programmable right because they're weird and they do often and they don't communicate that and, and oh, no, and this guy's having an attitude problem and this guy is, oh, doesn't want to work at all and, right so you're having all this lot al- and this guy doesn't understand what he's doing there and what the corporate is, what, what, yeah so you have all of these issues with people but even more importantly right to get the performance we assume that if we pay them and we interviewed them and we hired them for a job and they seem like a professional, they will do a professional job. Would, would that be a good assumption? Yeah, yeah. Right, That's what, hey, you're a professional, Chris. I mean, you're a sales, a sales professional. Yeah. I just paid you half a million dollars. Why wouldn't you do a, a good job, right? Yeah. And you come from IBM. Right? Yeah. And you come in and you go, oh my God. He, he's not doing a good job. He doesn't understand our organization. He does things in IBM. I mean, we are not IBM. We are ty- we're a smaller company. Exactly. He does things completely completely
1: different, different environment.
0: Yeah, I said, and, it's a, and I just paid him all this money and he's just not doing what I want him to do, right? And he's not that professional either. It happens, right? Because your titles doesn't mean anything, but your experience exactly. and what you have, right? So, so, so you go, oh, Jesus. Now, now I'm in stripe right? Because I'm paying out a lot of money to my labor, you know, it's, it cost me 60% of my overheads on labor, but they're not doing what I want them to do, Yeah. right? So, and, and I go, well, wake up to reality. This is, unfortunately, this machine cannot be programmed that way. You know, even if you got the right specs for the people, they come on the job, they don't know what they're doing. It's a new environment, they're going to have to learn and so on, mm-hmm. right? So if, if we switch our, our understanding of our organization more like a developmental, it's like it's, it's a living person that we need to train continuously. You know, it needs to learn. Doesn't matter what it did before. Right. And and we just take into account that when we're going to hire people or forget about hiring our existing people as we change products, as we change markets, as we try to go in a new direction, we're going to have to train and develop those people. To get yeah. to that level, they—they they are not 90% of the time. They're going to be qu- uh, quite a few notches below to where you—they need to be. Yeah, and, and if you don't take it into account, it's a living organization. It's—you it's, know—you need to develop it. You screw it because you, you basically have taken not taken account one of the major uh, you know, resource allocations. You know? And it's not just a young girl who's gonna teach him like communication skills. That's, that's the other thing I go, oh yeah, but I've just hired, I sent him on a communication course, I spent a whole thousand dollars. I go, wow. I mean, I get that communication, but it's not about communication. I mean, it's one small developmental skill. There are hundreds of developmental skills. Let me desc- describe you now, now we go one little deeper
1: yeah we can right. do that because we're getting towards the end so i want to make sure that you fit that in so i want let, to let people yes, know indeed. how to get in contact to get more information and how to execute you know a living organization
0: uh, the the website is quantumleaders.com quantumleaders.com download white paper on the living organization everything is there we're, we're done right so, but I want to get that one one important part. Yes. The way to develop people is to buck is by allowing them to make their own contribution to set their own goals, stretch goals, simple as mm. that. right You cannot develop them by sending them training, just sending them on training course. They need to be developed on the job and they need to con- figure out how they want to contribute to overall goal. Everybody needs to have their own contribution agreement, contribution, stretch goals. And the role of the manager needs to shift from operating the machine, the dictatorial guy with a stick, to a coach facilitator. If that doesn't happen, if that shift doesn't happen, they will not do this properly, right? They will, they'll use this contribution agreements, which is our new tool, as a stick anyway, right? So the mindset needs to shift, of the whole organization and in particular the managers at the bottom, hey, I'm developing these people, they need to con- they need to step up and, and, and feel like they need to contribute. When that happens, the organization shifts into different gear, right? It's it will take a year or two years depending on how big of your organization, but the performance levels go up through the roof.
1: Yeah. Wow, powerful stuff and and I know there's so much more we could dive into this Vitaly, even at a deeper level, but it really paints a, a picture of, you know, what what's happening, but what can be better if we really have a better understanding of the vision as you said long-term that starts at the CEO level. And again, filtering this down right down to the each of the business units at and down to the individual level when it comes to, you know, putting not only putting together goals, but really clearly defining them specific, clear and concise and and using systems and processes to execute on each of
0: them individually, team wise, and then overall as an organization. So true. And the main thing is because we do the goals are are useless actually meaningless unless people go and contribute to them and and find how they can contribute to them that's the part that the only part that i said literally did something new here is hey how do we get contribution uh, from the people and we need to literally quantify that and make them say i want to do this this is my stretch goal right own it own it
1: before we conclude i want to thank you again for for joining us here for the second go around with talking about the secret sauce to strategy execution success as continuation about creating a high-performance living organization uh, that you talked about in the first show. Again, before we conclude, can you please mention again where they can find more information, how they can get in contact with you again?
0: Yes, quantumleaders.com. You can download a white paper right at the top there on the living organization.
1: Fabulous. We highly encourage everybody listening and those listening later, To download that white paper, get to know quantum leaders more, reach out to Vitaly, also on LinkedIn. Again, this is some great information no matter if you're a small company to a Fortune 500 level. This is critical because your success going into the next uh, decade is going to be imperative if you are adopting these types of principles to move forward. That way you're not left behind. Again, we want to thank you listeners joining us each and every week here with Business Influencers. Again, we are committed to bringing subject matter experts like Vitaly in to share their words and wisdoms to help elevate your business and level of influence to the next level. Again, if you have any uh, ideas that you'd like to run by us in terms of content, feel free to reach out to us at Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. We'd be more than welcome to entertain that for a future show. Until then, everybody, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day.
0: You have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.